0: Hey guys, Joshua Miller here. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. It doesn't cost a thing to download. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, Podcast, and many, many more. It automatically will send them to those. You can make money from the podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. You don't have to click and drag from one to another or have several open. use It's all in one place for you. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks. Have a great day. Hear me now. Good. Hope everyone here is alive and awake. Good to see everyone here today in the house of the Lord. Uh, good to be back. I'm glad the Lord uh, is using me to, to preach the word. I'm glad he's using y'all to, to be the part of his people, the body of Christ. I'm glad you're. Uh, a Christian, glad you're, you're saved by your testimonies and I hope that we would uh, be so excited that those that are lost without the Lord as their personal Lord and Savior would know Christ as their Lord and Savior through our testimony and through our excitement and through our praise to the Lord. Um uh, had a busy week last week. I I, think, I believe I told you I'd finished up an RV. I spent two weeks on an RV doing an in-frame on an M11. And this week was a fire truck. I'm almost done with it, but I did an in-frame on it also. And it's kind of tiring, but then the worst thing was springing forward. Change the time forward an hour. It takes me a year to get adjusted, and then we have to change it. So it takes me a whole nother year to try to get adjusted, and then we have to move it back. Fall back. So, it's going to throw me off whole year. Try to get it worked out by the summer, but it's going to be hard. So, take your Bibles. We'll turn to Acts chapter 5. We had looked last Sunday at chapter 5 and verse 1. The. Uh, when sin entered the church, we should say tried to enter the church because they cut it off real quick. They didn't let it infiltrate. It didn't, the disciples didn't let this sin sit and just soak in the church and and spread its evil smell through the church and destroy it and let it sink in and soak into everyone else around it. They cut it off right at the door. This lie that Ananias and Sapphira had given. They had lied about the amount of money. They were, they were intrigued by the church, the Christians selling their possessions and selling what they had and giving it all to the church. They were amazed by this and they saw this and said, we'll, we'll do the same. We'll look like them and do the same thing, but we're going to hold some of the money back. Tell them we gave all so we can appear as everyone else and receive the blessings as everyone else had. But We gave all. We gave all, everything we had to the church. We're devoted. We're we're all in. But they lied. They held some of it back. Now they could. Their choice. It was their choice to give whatever they wanted, but they didn't. So immediately it was addressed. Peter by the Holy Spirit was warned that they lied, and he took care of it real quick, giving it an, an example from that time forward to the rest of the church, including us, that sin has no place in the church. We cannot be Christians and worship the Lord and cater to sin. There's no way. So after they passed that, we looked at the, the many signs and wonders that continued after that. that. You notice that that was taken care of and they kept moving forward. It didn't hurt them. They kept moving forward with the miracles and the signs and the wonders through the Holy Ghost. And this is continuing the series of the Acts of the Holy Spirit that we've been looking at for the past uh, few weeks. And now we're on verse 17. (coughs) And I would like to look here today. Verse 17, and we see that the... Apostles are arrested again. They can't get away from it. They've been put in jail, gotten out, put in jail, gotten out. They've been put in jail again. So... The key verse I want to look at is verse 29. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. We ought to obey God rather than men. Let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you for today. Thank you for your many blessings. I thank you for what you've done for us, what you've given us. I thank you that... If we were to sit here and count our blessings, we would, we'd be here for years counting the blessings that you've bestowed upon us and the good things that you've done for us. The grace that you've given us, the mercy you've bestowed upon us is unfathomable. We, we can't comprehend what you've done for us. I pray that we would look and, and to, to, to acknowledge that what you, there's so much that you've done for us and just, just bask in the love that you have for us. We pray that you would use the word today to strengthen our faith in you. Help us to follow you more. Help us to be bold in the faith. Help us to share Jesus with others around us more and more. Help us to be capable of doing that. Help us to share our testimonies and how God has helped us, how Jesus saved us. And I pray that you give me the clear thoughts and clear speech to present your word according to your will. I give you the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So we see obeying God rather than men. So this, to this point we've been seeing the Holy Ghost doing a lot of wonderful things. He's been... Pushing forward the gospel is what the Holy Ghost has been doing. And He's been proclaiming the gospel and motivating the disciples, the apostles, to preach the word. The gospel had to be spread by people, word of mouth, spread to other people. People had to proclaim, as we looked in Romans chapter 10 this morning in Sunday school, how beautiful are the feet that go and shed and share the gospel they have to preach the gospel. There's someone has to be sent and go so people can come and listen. So this is what the disciples were doing, what the apostles were doing through the strength of the Holy Ghost. And we see that, we pick up here in verse 17, then the high priest rose up and all day that were with them, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. So we have more opposition here. The opposition continues. We notice with a couple weeks it was, weeks ago there was this same similar opposition. well, it hasn't changed the this the high priest, which is the sect of the Sadducees, they were filled with indignation, filled with jealousy towards the apostles and towards the disciples because they had people following them. They had a huge crowd by this time that we know of it's been recorded that they have had Eight thousand men come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior and follow them. They've become Christians. Over eight thousand people up at this point. So the high priest, the Sadducees were getting. It says rose were filled with indignation. They started seeing their followers subside and and they were starting to lose members and their their little groups they were getting jealous that the apostles had so many followers so let's see what they did verse 18 it says they laid hands on the apostles and put them in common in the common prison this common prison as far as i know was out in the open you could jail someone and the public could see that they were jailed and it was a shameful thing to do to be put in this prison for everyone to see. They were kind of put on display. These people were put in jail. But of course they were in prison for no reason except preaching the word of God. So they were the high priest attempting to stop the apostles from preaching the word of God. This was his attempt. And they were in the prison... And verse 19, we see that the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth. So we see another work of the Lord here. The God is not done with them yet. They've been put in jail, but he still has something else for them to do. The angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors, brought them forth, and said, Go, stand, and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. So we see that the attempt of the high priest to try to stop them. They're not done yet. We're still, They still have more to do. But they were put in prison, in this common prison. The angel of the Lord comes and takes them out and says, this is your mission, do this. And do you think that them being put in jail again Worry the apostles or worry the disciples do you think that would hinder them do you think that made them a little more uncomfortable i don't think so verse 21 he says and when they heard that being the disciples they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught as soon as they could they got back to the temple and started teaching as soon as they could. They weren't worried one bit that they were put in jail. I think this is the third time that they were put in jail. And, but they had a purpose. They had a plan. They had a God-given mission. And they were going to complete it to the end of their life. They were, their job was to extend to all the world the author of life and the Savior of the world Jesus Christ whom was their Lord and Savior who died on the cross but rose again was buried three days and rose again and they could not keep this word silent they couldn't shut their mouths and quit saying it they had to to spread it one way or the other I think thinking about them being in the common prison they were probably preaching from the jail cell. Don't you think? I think they were out there yelling, you hear, Can you hear me out there? Is the sound good? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you about Jesus. And that's what they were doing from the jail cell. They didn't quit. They kept going. They kept going. So the angel of the Lord tells them to go back to the temple. Uh, go, stand, and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and talked. But the high priest came, and they that were with him, and called the council together, and all the senate of the children of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. So we see that the high priest had called a council of his colleagues. It says, together all the senate of the children of Israel, and sent to prison. So he's still thinking they're still in the jail. He still thinks they're in there. He says, I'm going to show them what what I want them to do, and they're going to listen to me, and we're going to make it impossible. So he still thinks they're in prison. So he goes, gets the councils together, gets the Senate together. I'm assuming all the people that don't like the apostles, the ones that don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, so that way they can have a lot of uh, false accusations against them, I'm assuming. And so they get them all together and get it ready. They call everyone together. So this, they're setting, the, the, setting everything up, setting the council to be ready for the apostles. And we, the high priest here, we don't know if it was Ananias or Caiaphas, but it's mentioned here at this time, two high priests. We don't know which one it was. And they got the council together. So verse 22, it says, But when the officer came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told Saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. They went back to the jail saying, There's nobody in it, but it's still locked. The chains were still on it, the locks were still on it, the guards were still out front, but no people in it. They were guarding nothing. They say, The miracle had to happen, right? Uh, you see that someone' does, the chains is still locked chains are still there locks are still there doors are still there guards are still there those whom you were guarding is missing and there's no hole in the ground where they dug out with a spoon or and the the walls are still there something miraculous something supernatural had to have happened right So they see this verse twenty four it says now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted of them, whereunto this would grow. So now they're worried that, well, now everybody's going to know that we just jail people for no reason. We put them in prison. Now they got loose, and we don't have any idea how they got loose. How are we going to keep this quiet? Is what they were thinking. They were worried about how this would grow. How are we going to keep this quiet? Now everyone's going to say we can't even keep people in jail. We throw in there. And it's going to be a big problem. So they started getting worried. But it was obviously supernatural. It was God's plan for something else. So they're, I think, uh, mind blown at this. They're still trying to figure it out. Wondering how in this world, what are we going to do? We're trying to stop something that we can't stop. I wonder when they would get to that point they say we can't we can't stop these people let them go. I don't know if they ever come to that conclusion. All right, verse 25 says then came one and told them saying behold the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people just as the angel of the Lord told them which angel of the Lord we don't know there's a few different angels that the, the Lord sent, that God sent to do this. Uh, verse 26, it says, When the when the captain with the officers, then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. They re- noticed here the captain of the, the high priests the high priest officers went without violence, went to get them. And notice that they went without violence. They kind of went over there and said, hey, hey, quietly, I'm guessing, come with us. You need to come with us. But they're looking around the whole time, making sure a stone didn't fling past their head. They, The people, they realized, were getting tired of their... Of the the high priest teaching, of their tradition, the rulers in this time were going by, were telling the people what they wanted them to do. They weren't going by the God, following God. They were following a law that they had amended several times and added to and changed things, and they had made a had a tradition that they followed. And as long as you followed the tradition, you were okay. But the people saw these miracles. I'm pretty sure that a lot of these people here were, saw Jesus and saw the miracles that Jesus had performed. And they see that he had died. They were there at the crucifixion. They saw him buried. And many saw him risen again. Over 500 witnesses saw him risen again after that. And so they saw these miracles and think, so they stand the reason we follow these leaders. They don't, they want us to do what they tell us to do and there's no really worship here. And we look at the disciples and they're telling us about Jesus who had power, who he says is the Son of God, who performed miracles that only God can do. And they see this, this awakening here they saw the miracles and compared the miracles, this life, the, the life that Jesus said. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes under the Father but by me. These people are starting to analyze these things and see. Well, I don't want to follow the tra- this tradition and have to follow this. And this is the... It was too hard for one. Who of, who, which one of us could follow the law? and not be accused by it. None of us. We can't follow the law and, and follow it to the T and be innocent. The law shows that we're guilty because we're man, we're humans. It says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Well, they see this, they see a way. They see a, a, a way out of this, bondage. They were tired of the tradition and tired of the legalism that the leaders, their leaders of the time were showing. Now the leaders realized that they were uh, not going to follow them. They were afraid they were going to be stoned if they tried to take the apostles by force. Because they could see that they were there was a difference in their teachings. One was dead one was alive. And they could see this difference. So they took the apostles Notice what the apostles did. It says, For they feared the... They, they went... Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence. For they feared the people lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And now they're going to begin... The high priests are going to begin to ask them questions here. And... I want to say right here before I go any further that as we looked last week at Ananias and Sapphira we saw that the sin entering the church that's what I want to say problems from outside almost never hurt the church in fact make it stronger but problems from within the church destroy the church, break the unity and the testimony of the believers. You have to make sure That we are, as a church, a body of Christ, are submitted to God the Father, Jesus, the Son of God. We're obedient to Him because the church is His in the first place, right? We're to be obedient to Him. Problems within the church tear us down, as we saw last week. Problems outside make us stronger because if we're obedient to God and we're in His will as we see that the disciples and the apostles were because the angel of the Lord came and said, this is what I want you to do. Next thing we see is the disciples are doing what the angel of the Lord told them to do. So this opposition is making them stronger. They're going to be more bold. They're going to be more effective for the Lord because of this opposition. So the high priest asked them, saying in verse 28, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? Notice they didn't mention Jesus' name. They said in this name. And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. So, they had already told him, remember we looked earlier, that they had taken them aside and said, Do not speak the name of Jesus again. They Beat him and let them go. He says, Behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. The apostles are saying, Amen. And intend to bring this man's blood upon us. So they accuse them of accusing them to be murderers. So we see Peter's response. It says, Peter and the other apostles there in verse 29. And notice right here. We've been, we've been following Peter. Peter. The Holy Ghost has been using Peter to proclaim the word. Now, let's go back to Jesus, when he was back on earth before he was crucified. We see his followers before they had the Holy Ghost. They didn't have the Holy Ghost following Jesus. It was a man following a man who claimed that he was the Son of God. And they saw these miracles performed through Jesus, but they had not the Holy Ghost. They were following. And in their own flesh, as we would do, they that's how they were analyzing these things and following. They were following by faith. So they had fear that they, they had to fight. They had this doubt they had to, to had to confront. They didn't have the Holy Ghost helping them helping them through this. Notice what Peter did when they took Jesus. When they took him from the Mount of Olives, Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss. Jesus was taken off by the officers to be tried at night. Peter follows in the background, in the shadows. He never runs up to Jesus. Remember what Jesus told him that before the the rooster crows three times, you will have denied me three times? Remember that? Peter was scared, he was afraid. He was worried. He, was, he doubted at what was going on, what was taking place. He was not bold. Notice. But after the crucifixion, after Jesus arose again, remember He said that, I have to leave before the Comforter can come. Once the Comforter comes, you'll have this strength, you'll have this boldness. So the Comforter came. The Holy Ghost came. And we see Peter is a completely different man. You look, you read there in the the Gospels and you read here and you're like, this isn't the same man. Something's happened here. Something's changed. This isn't the same person. The other one was he he just blurted out stuff and rage. And before he thought about it and he was scared and he ran from things. And then we see here he's bold. He's composed. He preaches the word of God with soundness. What's happened? It's the Holy Ghost in him. The Holy Spirit in his word. So verse 29, it says, Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. So what did he mean by that? Amen. we're not listening to you, we're doing what God told us to do. There, there's a bigger uh, uh, chastening if we disobey God than if we disobey man who's in contrary to God, right? So Peter continues, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus. Notice they didn't mention his name, but Peter's not scared to. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew, and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Now he he was very focused on what to say. Notice he reiterated their comment. He went back and said that Jesus, he named them. They he said, should not teach in this name. He said, Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Yes, it is Jesus. That's the one, the one that you did kill. You crucified. We know it was in God's plan that he did die on the cross, though, right? For the remissions of our sin. Peter explains that. God, the God of our fathers, raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with the, his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Notice that he is the only one that can do that. Amen. Amen. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the high priests, they were in it for the attention, most of them. They wanted to say, look at me, look at me, look at the the high position I'm in I'm up here up front in front of everyone else I tell everyone else what to do God has chosen me to do this and I tell you have to follow me in my words what I do and they took it they began became arrogant and they became they thought they had had it it was in their power to do this to change the law or to say this or to say that they took it on themselves there was a problem here with that. We see that they, if we go back to verse 24, we notice that they were they were confused and, and uh, wondered at what they should say. We, we remember the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe. In supernatural things they thought everything physical was physical there's nothing else god i guess was out god couldn't do any more miraculous things more miracles or something i'm not sure but the sadducees did not believe in that the resurrection or supernatural happenings so they were when they saw the the jail they had been freed without any physical evidence that they were got out, but they were out. It had to be supernatural. They didn't like it. They didn't want to believe that. They said that stuff does not happen. Verse 31 says, Him hath God exalted with His right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel. There's only one way to get repentance. They wanted to tell people that it was still in the sacrifices. You still had to physically take a lamb and kill it shed its blood on an altar they wanted to tell you that you still had to get a turtle dove or get a uh, a goat or what, whatever else this is what you had to do they wanted them to be bound up in the the tradition but peter and the apostles were telling them it was not in tradition it was in a man jesus it wasn't a religion but it's a relationship with jesus christ as your lord and savior that changed it completely. That means we were free. We, I, I don't go back. I don't go to the temple and I don't kill animals and put them on an altar and shed blood. They used to do that before Jesus, the Lamb, the innocent Lamb, died on the cross. They did that before. But remember, Jesus, when he died, the veil was torn, ripped right in half between the holies of Hol- holies, holy of holies, and that meant that God. Jesus became the mediator between us and God. There was no more a veil between that we could never reach God. We could reach God through Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. This is what Peter was telling them. This is what the other apostles that they had in prison were telling them. On top of that verse 32 says and we are his witnesses of these things and so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. They were full of the Holy Ghost and this is how this we see since Jesus left the Holy Ghost has been with them the whole time and we see the great miracles, the signs, the wonders that have taken place. We see the strength in the apostles. We see their boldness. Because of the Holy Ghost and dwelling in them. Jesus Christ being their Lord and Savior. It says, Whom God hath given to them that obey Him. God gives the Holy Ghost to them that obey Him. We looked earlier in Romans chapter 10 in Sunday school. If you should call upon the name of the Lord, and you shall be saved. There is no other name whereby men must shall, be, shall be saved but by Him. We have to call on His name. We have to profess His name. Claim that Jesus is a Savior. He is our Savior, our Lord and Savior. We accept Him to be the remission for our sins. He's the only one that we can accept who actually forgives us of our sins. When we do that, the Holy Spirit is given to us. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. So now they're mad. They're raging mad. And they want to get rid of these people now and say, let's kill them. Let's get rid of them now. They they weren't scared of the people now. They had them in their their council, their senate there. So they weren't scared of the people now. We're going to kill them. They wanted to kill the apostles. But we see an intervention here in verse 34. It says, Then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee, named Gamaliel. A Pharisee. A doctor of the law. "...had in reputation among all the people, and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. And said unto them, Ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. For before these days rose up Thutis, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about four hundred, joined themselves, who was slain." And all, as many as obeyed him, were scattered and brought to nothing. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing and drew away much people after him. He also perished. And all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. So now I say to you, refrain from these men and let them alone, for if this counsel or this work be of men... It will come to naught, but if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it, lest haply ye be found even to fight against God. This was a warning to them. Gamaliel was a very wise teacher, and we see, we'll see later on, if you'll continue, continuing with this, that Paul was taught at the feet of Gamaliel. It's the same teacher that taught Paul. And he brings up this, these examples, this, the fact that, to be careful, they wouldn't accept it. The Sadducees would not admit that there were supernatural happenings. That there, there was a supernatural realm. For whatever reason, they did not believe that. They wanted to cast that out. So they went strictly on the physical, which we can't do, obviously. So Gamaliel says, if this is people and you're fighting against these people and it's just this leader, Peter, it's going to go to nothing. Because we've already had these two people, Thutis and Judas, who did this. They called people away to follow them and claim whatever claims they had was that you, you need to follow me, I have a better way. Well, they died, their disciples went away. They didn't follow it anymore. So, if this is from people, man's inventions, when these men die, they'll get tired of it. For one, if it's not real, they just may quit. And they're going to quit doing it, then their followers are going to quit. They're going to go back to coming here, coming to the temple, coming, following us, these high priests. The Pharisees, the Sadducees—it'll come back. Everything will go back to normal. If it's just men, but one thing that he mentioned: if this is from God, don't mess with God. You're on the wrong side. If you're trying to fight God, if this is from God, you can't overthrow it. Which they—they they were trying to. In some, they, some cases, they believe that they were. They were God. They were the God in their eyes. They were the ones in charge. They didn't want to give the authority to the Lord. But if it be of God, verse 39, you cannot overthrow it. Yes, happily ye be found even to fight against God. The last person who fought against God was crippled. So verse 40, they think about it a minute. And they agree to Gamaliel's suggestions. Let them go. Let them go. It'll work itself out because it'll prove itself, whether it is of men or is of God. We'd rather be follow God and obey Him. So they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Notice they couldn't leave. Let them go without doing something to them. They had to beat them. And they departed from the presence of the council. But notice this. Now the character of the apostles, this is uh, amazing. I hope we'll from this we'll take a lot of pointers from this on how to follow the Lord and to obey God and live in the Holy Spirit. And we see that, what's the attitude of the apostles here? They were just jailed for no reason. They were accused of, falsely accused, and... Then, when Gamaliel, the wise man there, says, let him go, they beat him. What's their attitude? They're rejoicing. Verse 41 says, they were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. I want to ask you this today. Are we in that position to rejoice that we were suffered shame for Jesus' name? Are we to that point? Are we filled with the Holy Ghost? Are we obeying? Have we put all the worldly distractions aside? Are we obeying the Lord? Are we in His will? Like the apostles when the the angels of the Lord said, Go do this. Go stand and teach. Did we? Do we? When God tells us to do something, are we going? Are we doing it? But we can get to this point where we have someone say, they persecute us in whatever way, we like using that word, they says that we're rejoicing that we were counted worthy to suffer shame for His name. Were we counted worthy, or was it something we actually did and we we uh, we deserved the beating? We actually needed the beating. Did we actually need the beating, or was it because we suffered shame for Jesus' name? Verse 42, it says, And daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. It didn't stop them. It didn't slow them down. One iota. They kept moving forward. You know why? Because they had the Holy Ghost. They they knew that they had better obey or there were far greater consequences for disobeying. And they preach the word. Let's all stand. I have invitation. And bow our heads, close our eyes. I leave you with this. Are we worthy to suffer shame for his name? Are we proclaiming Jesus? Are we telling others about Jesus around us? Are we trying to live daily in ourselves or in the Holy Ghost? The altar is open here for the Lord is, if the Lord is convicting you through the Holy Spirit and He's talking to you and He says you better make some things right, you better change some things. Uh, listen, don't resist. The altar is open. If there's any here that's lost without the Lord as a person Lord and Savior, He's knocking on the door saying, let me in. He's being a gentleman about it. He's not forcing his way in, but he's saying, you need me. You're bound for hell. I can save you if you'll just accept me and let me in. Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you again for today. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for what you've done for us and what you've given us. I pray that we would... Benefit from these words that you've given us. I pray that we would apply them to our lives. I pray that through this, that uh, souls would be saved. And that the Christians would be motivated, be bold like Peter is. Like he was here. He didn't he, he didn't step down, he didn't back up. But he moved forward, pressed forward towards the mark. I thank you for what you've done. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.